the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He is a colonel in the Colorado Army National Guard. Duty, honor, country. And district attorney for Colorado's 18th Judicial District. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Most important, he's a father and a proud American. Americans love a winner. He is George Brockler. And this is The George Show on News Talk 710 KNUS. Brought to you courtesy of the red wine. Welcome back, Denver and the Front Range region of Colorado. My name is George Brockler. This is 710 KNUS. You are listening to The George Show. We are in, apparently, week 10 of this experiment in radio. Uh, Yeah, it's talk radio, and we get your phone calls, and I love that. But we also get some great guests that I hope are helping to expand not only the conversation that we're having on air, but the conversation that you're having at home or when you're ultimately allowed to back on the streets. Now, we have a segment that we have done, I think, every week that I've been in the saddle here called Get to Know Your Teen. And it's really been the perspective of a teen. We've had um, we've had one teenager on here that was not my daughter, but mostly it's been my daughter. And I think she's done a fantastic job. But one of the opportunities that we have this week, and I want to go to the phone lines to welcome our VIP on here, is to have a conversation with another person that plays an important role in our teenagers' lives, and that is someone called a teacher. And so on the line right now, we have Jennifer Adams of Legacy High School. Jennifer, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm living the dream. Thank you, by the way, for allowing us to speak with you on a Saturday where you probably need a a mental health day from all the stuff that you're doing. No problem. No well, problem. Give us a little background first before we start talking about um, your experiences thus far. Uh, tell us about who you are, where you're from, and how long you've been doing what you're doing. Uh, okay. Um, I am a Colorado girl, born and raised. Um, I grew up on the Western Slope and then came over to uh, go to college and grew up, or uh, ended up grow, um, finishing up my degree at CSU and then started teaching at Rocky Mountain High School in Fort Collins and um, taught English there for 15 years. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Loved it there. Um, My husband ended up getting a job that um, was in Denver, and the commute from Denver to Fort Collins was a lot, so we decided to go ahead and move a little bit uh, closer this way, and so I started looking for a job this um, a little bit closer that direction and um, got a job at Legacy High School right away and have been there um, since 2013. So um, I've been 22 years in the classroom. Yikes. That's a long and time, sister. That is a long that time is, to be teaching. That is a long time to be teaching. Yeah, there's not a lot of people that um, that um, make it that long anymore, you, you know. Has it all been high school that you've been teaching for 22 years? Yes. Now, the... Seniors, you teach seniors, freshmen, the whole thing? Um, I have over the years, yes. Right now, currently, I have um, mostly sophomores for English, and then I also teach yearbook. Oh, yearbook. 
Big fan. Journalism thing, yeah. Daughter's a big participant in that. Let me uh, throw this out. Uh, You started teaching 22 years ago. That means the seniors then are now 40. I'm not trying to make you feel old. I'm just saying (laughs) that's the simple math that I got when I was in high school. Right there, 18 plus 22 is a straight-up 40. Wow. Uh, Now let me ask you a couple other questions. Uh, Where did you go to high school on the Western Slope? What was the name of it? Um, it's a little town called Paonia. So I went to Paonia High School. Oh, fantastic. And then you said you went to CSU. Was that because there wasn't anything accredited available at the time? I'm kidding. I'm a CU guy, so I take shots at um, CSU all the time, uh, all the time. So at, uh, I actually started out at CU. What? Um, Did they kick you out? Two years. Was it too no. academically rigorous? <laughs> Was it too hard? <laughs> Look, the running joke, and I know you've probably heard this several times, and that is... I get it all the time. We have the in-state rivalry stuff and all that, but at the end of the day, we do all have that same thing in common. We all got into CSU. That's right. No, I'm kidding. That's my... my Jim behind the glass is like, wow. I'm like, yeah, that's a shot. So um, now, for people that don't know where Legacy High School is, describe it. Um, Legacy High School is in Broomfield, which is probably the northernmost... um, well, I guess you could say suburb of Denver, um, Broom, or in Broomfield is sort of also kind of on the edge of, um, you know, kind of out on the outer edge of Boulder even too. So um, it is off of 136th um, and uh, not too far off of, of um, I-25 as well. So um, how big is, a high school? Um, we have. It is a 5A high school, and That's so big. we have twenty, just, just short of 2,400 kids. Okay. Now, what topics do you teach right now? Um, so I teach world literature um, to 10th graders, and I teach that as part of, the, part of a partnership with um, a social studies teacher who teaches world history with them. So we share the same group of kids and teach them um, like 60 kids at a time. Now, when did um, your like two hours of when did your teaching world change this semester? Um, so we went on um, extended spring break. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One week before our spring break was supposed to begin, um, and um, and then we have we have not gone back, of course, uh, since then. And so, um, God, I want to say it was March. Run around March tenth that all the the discussion began. That that could, yeah, that could be uh, because I think March twelfth was the Thursday of that week. My son and I went up and took a snowboarding lesson, and then it was like right after that that um, the health department came out and said, "Oh, if you've been skiing in the last week, please stay at home for two weeks." (laughs) And that was it. And then I don't think I've ever left my house since, other than do the radio. So what do you do? How do you respond to that? I mean, I, I've had my daughter on the radio a bunch to talk about her experience. But from your side of this equation here, how do you tackle this problem of keeping students engaged and, and not just distracted? <laughs> That's an excellent way to put it. Yeah. Um, it, it is difficult. And um, it's funny because I'm looking at it both from the perspective of a teacher and I have a 12-year-old son, so I'm seeing it also as a parent as well um, every day, and I and I get to see you know what what's happening from that from that angle as uh, you know every day too. And so um, it, it is it is not an easy task, especially because quite frankly there was nothing in my 
my background, even in, in 22 years, that has ever prepared me to do it like this. And so um, all of us are learning how to do this sort of as we go and, and how to do it really on the fly and very quickly. And so um, it's funny to see there are some teachers who, honestly, I can see them, they're throwing everything at the kids, you know, like every kind of technology they can find, yeah, every kind yeah. of lesson they can find. Um, there are some teachers who are, you know, there's there's the constant discussion of, you know, how much rigor do we throw at them, you know, and then there's the, the discussion of, of, you know, how much um, can we really expect of them at home without us there. Um, given... well, where do you come down on that? I mean, it sounds like these are discussions, but the discretion is really left up to the individual teachers. Or is there some legacy-wide policy or district-wide policy that says you will this and this is how this will work? Absolutely. There's discussions that are going on um, within your buildings and within your districts, I think. And then there is some, there is some teacher discretion as well. For me, um, it, you, for me it was, it's, it's a balance and it's a tightrope that, that you kind of have to walk. Yeah, you don't want to just be handing them busy work every day because for teenagers especially, they will – sniff that out in a heartbeat and they will know that all you're doing is giving them junk. And, and then how do that, they respond to that when they find that out? They're not going to do it. Now, th- th- so this brings up the other point when they're in class and you can see them and talk to them and from time to time, you know, physically discipline them the way I know you guys mm-hmm. like to do it with rulers and bats <laughs> oh, and yeah. stuff, boards sure, of education. Yeah. Um, there's a different level of accountability. Has the school district where Legacy is up up north there indicated uh-huh. what they let you do with grades? And I ask that from the context of my daughter has been told by Douglas County School District, no matter what, your grade cannot fall below whatever it was last quarter. And, and even though my kids are motivated to want to get the work done and do their best and all that, I'm telling you, if I was in high school, you know, back in the day and I heard that, that laptop would already be in the closet. I'd be done. Like, peace. <laughs> now, how about you guys? So we're not quite in that same spot. We're, we're a little in the same way. So the idea is your grade cannot fall below where it was last quarter as long as. Okay. As long as you have um, turned in all of the work and made what we're calling an honest effort. Now, that piece of an honest effort, of course, has a little bit of ambiguity there because it is up to the teacher to to determine what an honest effort is. But it's always up to the teacher to determine something, right? Like yeah. there's always a subjectivity to to you know grading and what teachers um, evaluate. So as long as the kids are turning something in, and you know you know. Basically, I always think of it as they're not drawing giraffes on it. They're not, you know, yeah. writing curse words up and down the page. They're they're turning in, you know, the majority of of, of you know they're they're turning in the, the the assignment completed. Their grade cannot go down. Okay. But their grade could go up too. You know, if they work hard on it and they they do put in, you know, the effort, a substantial the substantial effort. effort on yeah. something then their grade can indeed go up. Where have you you found the biggest challenges for you as a career teacher? I mean, what's been the hardest thing? And then, and also tell me this, do you use Zoom, WebEx, whatever? I mean, how do you get FaceTime with your students? Um, So the biggest challenge for me has undoubtedly been those kids that you cannot get in touch with. 
um, it's frustrating and it's, it's scary. Like all, all of my kids checked in at least once. Um, so I have them all at least logged into, um, uh, logged into my Google classroom. So I'm running everything from Google classroom as my starting point. Okay. Um, and I had everybody at least checked in and that was great. But then as each week has gone on, I have more and more kids who each week aren't checking in for what we call attendance, right? So that has been a little bit scary and a little bit frustrating because at this point, I'm really locked into what can I control from a laptop from my dining room table? You know what I'm saying? And so... Well, like, do you have the I, ability to call mom and dad? I mean, do you have like a, a, a roster of phone numbers where you can be like, hey, I'm absolutely. calling Timmy's dad? Yeah. But I can't make them pick up either. And sometimes. Oh, my goodness. Does that happen? I mean, have no. you just simply lost touch with some of these students? In some cases, yes. Oh, and my so, goodness. And, you know, and families right now, some families are in crisis, whether it's from loss of jobs or, um, you know, we, we do have a, a few families uh, who, who are dealing with, um, uh, you know, at least one family member who has been infected with, with COVID-19. And so we don't, when you can't get a hold of a kid for whatever reason, or you can't get a hold of home, that becomes really, really scary. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's been probably the most frustrating thing. And, you know, it's one thing at school when, when a kid's not doing their work or a kid's sort of dropping off and I can look them in the face and get a read on them, but I can't do that remotely. And it's been, it's been frustrating. And, and when I say frustrating, it's emotionally scary. Like it's, it's, it's been very interesting to me how it's woken me up after 22 years. Sometimes I think you get a little I don't want to say jaded because it's not the right word, but you do sort of for, forget <laughs> just how much emotion is invested in this every day. And something like this definitely puts that back into perspective pretty quickly. Well, because We'll talk about that because how I came to learn about you was through uh, your buddy Jim, who you've known for a while, mm-hmm. but he, he saw a Facebook post where you sort of just had this um, – I don't know if it was cathartic for you, but it felt like a cathartic moment of just saying, look, I just got to type a bunch of things out and tell people what's going on with me. Tell us about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I I just, you know, I kind of said that today was my day to fall apart. Um, and it was just that day when I couldn't, I couldn't get a hold of some kids. I couldn't. And then I had had a writing assignment where I'd asked kids to write, you know, and it's, it's a state. It's part of the state standards that they write a personal narrative, and I've had them do that for years, even before we were doing Common Core, but now it, it's part of that. And so um, I was getting a lot of very personal writing from kids, and that that can be a lot, you know, yeah. to, to sort of wade through. And so I had just been reading a lot of this. I had been trying to get a hold of these kids, and I just – I got really overwhelmed with it, and I and I – I just had my day when I cracked, you know, and I, I had put in that post that my husband was um, cooking dinner while I was trying to wrap up and he looked over and I was sitting at the table crying. I'm sorry. And, um, and I, that's not normal for me. I'm not someone who just starts crying because of my job. I might cry over a movie, but I don't cry over my job a lot, you know, right. and, or over and the I, unemployment I, I, numbers. 
That would make exactly, me cry. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah two, exactly. two questions uh, before we let you get back to your Saturday morning. And we're talking sure. with uh, Jennifer Adams from Legacy High School. I love this conversation, Jennifer. Um, one, do you feel like if you had to quantify the amount of work that you're doing now versus before, how would you do that? More, less, harder, easier? So much more and shockingly more. I kind of, when we started this, I thought, wow, this is going to be crazy. Like it'll be four hours a day. I'll yeah. check in on my kids and right, right, right. write up some stuff. And it is so much more. I cannot believe how much more time I'm and, and work I'm putting into this, as are all the colleagues that I talk to. If you are going to give advice, as we wrap this up, if you're going to give advice to the parents and grandparents that are out there at 710 KNUS right now, about what they should be doing to continue to encourage their kids to stay engaged with the schoolwork, but to make life easier and more beneficial, I think, on the teacher side of things as well. What, what sort of advice would you give? And you're a parent yourself, so what, what do you do? Um, I, think, I think all of us just need to take a, dip, a big, deep breath and be patient with all of us all around. Um, we're all going to be okay. You know, and I keep thinking back to something that I read when all of this started, and it talked about um, the kids um, that were going through the education system in New Orleans during Katrina. And it talked about how the teachers in that time were so worried about these kids who suddenly they had this huge gap of what was happening to them. Um, and, you know, they, they suddenly dropped out of the education system in Katrina and everybody was like, what's going to happen to them? They, you know, they're, they're not going to have any school and they're not going to have anything. And those kids are fine. They, they went on to be lawyers and doctors and sanitation workers and teachers and whatever it is that their goals were in life. And our kids aren't even in that. They're having their gaps filled in some way and they're going to be okay. It's not ideal. It's not perfect, but we're all doing what we can right now. And I know it's scary and I know it's not perfect, but the students are doing what they can. The parents are doing what they can and the teachers are doing what they can. And so I think all of us just need to, to be as supportive and as um, patient with one another as we possibly can through this, knowing that we'll get through this and eventually we'll get back to where we need. And when we do, the teachers are professionals and they'll figure out where the kids are and we'll figure out how to get them back to where we need to be um, as quickly as we can. And we'll, we'll, we'll put this back together. I, I, I love the optimism. I love the commitment. Um, I think the big blow for everyone, you included and, and parents was to hear, Hey, the rest of the school year is canceled. Now we're starting to hear that we may not be back in the classrooms until 2021. I got to tell you, even my own kids were like, oh, no. I mean, like they're devastated as well. And yeah. mom and dad, by the way, pulling out my gray hairs. My wife's uh, aren't gray because of the whole coloring <laughs> thing. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> look, uh, Jennifer, this has been fantastic. We may have you on in the future as things continue to progress forward just to get your expert opinion on this thing. I love having a teacher on. Jim's going to talk to you off the air. But, Jennifer, thank you so much for uh, giving us your Saturday morning for this show. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Hey, uh, this is George Brockley. When we come back uh, to the George Show here, we are going to have Commissioner Laura Thomas from Douglas County to talk about some good news and some interesting news about what's going on between Tri-County Health, the counties over which they really control everything at the moment, and the state of Colorado as well. You're listening to 710 KNUS.